This is Mindful Mostly, a show for those of us who are mindful most of the time. It's modern wellness, lifestyle, and spirituality in the most down-to-earth way possible. How's it going? I'm Andrea Collins, and this is our 100th episode of Mindful Mostly. It's been a three-year journey, and here we are. Thank you so much for being part of the Mindful Mostly community. It's been great. Man, we've talked to amazing people over the years. And today I bring you our most downloaded episode. This is the episode that people talk about a lot when, uh, when, I, when, I, meet, when I meet with them. And it, they said it not only impacted them so much when they listened to it, but also they're just like major fans of the person we're interviewing in this one who is... Gabrielle Bernstein. If you don't know who Gabrielle Bernstein is, she's one of Oprah's top spiritual teachers, New York Times bestseller several times over, number one New York Times bestseller, I should add, and a self-proclaimed spirit junkie. So today on the show, this is actually really perfect timing because we're coming into a new year. A lot of us are thinking about our goals for 2020 and, sorry, 2021. Let's not relive 2020. Um, And what that year is going to look like for us. And we want to know how to attract all that goodness into our life. So today in this interview, we get into how to do less and attract more, the daily design method for starting your day off right, how to relax and trust that what you desire is on the way, the number one reason you don't attract what you want and how to fix it, and then the four-step spiritually aligned action method for creating the life that you want. That sounds pretty damn good. But first, this episode is brought to you by Seedlip, the world's first distilled non-alcoholic spirits. Whether you prefer the flavors of punchy citrus, aromatic spices, mm, or savory herbs, Seedlip offers a sophisticated alternative to alcohol to enjoy any day of the week. Crafted by distilling globally sourced botanicals, each of Seedlip's three variants, Spice 94, that's my favorite, Garden 108, and Grove 42, are alcohol, calorie, and sugar-free. Simply top it with a splash of tonic or use uh, as the base for a more sophisticated recipe. Seedlip makes crafting cocktails easy at home, which we're all spending a lot of time there. So as we head into the new year, take a moment of pause for yourself to reflect and reset and refocus. Create space for yourself through little rituals like winding down the evening with a delicious non-alcoholic cocktail delivered directly to the comfort of your home via seedlipdrinks.com or if you're in Canada, seedlipdrinks.ca. Now, this is so sweet. Seedlip is offering listeners of the Mindful Mostly podcast 10% off their first purchase on seedlipdrinks.com or seedlipdrinks.ca with the code MINDFUL10 at checkout. All right, let's get into this. Let's hear our most downloaded episode with Gabrielle Bernstein. Okay. All right. The one and only Gabrielle Bernstein's on the Mindful Mostly podcast. Hi. What's up, girlfriend? Oh, man. This is so good to have you on the show. And I have to tell you why this is so huge for me. Okay. Um, Your book, Universe Has Your Back, got me through some challenging life stuff. 
And it taught me to trust that everything was going to be okay. Trust that the universe has my back. I'd gone through this like brutal breakup. I'd moved to a new city. It was like starting anew when I didn't really want to have to be doing that. And, uh, and, and reading your book, it, it showed me that it's okay. You know, it's, it, this is, this is happening for a reason. It's all going to work out. And sure enough, it's led to the most beautiful life I could have asked for. So, um, thank you for, for that book. It really was life changing for me and for so many other people I know. And then here's the kicker. Okay. When I started this podcast two years ago, you were my goal guest. Whoa, cool. And today is the 11th day of the 11th month and it's 11 o'clock and here we are. Oh, did you plan that? <laughs> I, did. I didn't, but like, how epic is that? That is fabulous. I'm yeah. so happy to be with you. Yeah. I so should fun. also make a mention that here in Canada, it's Remembrance Day at this exact time where we honor the soldiers that have fallen for our country and given us the freedom that we have. So I want to make mention of that. And that is also- Veterans Day here in the US. It's yes. The same thing. Yes. Thank you. So congratulations on the book. Thank you. Super attractor. Um, what's been happening in your life lately? Well, uh, I'm very cozy, as you can see, in my little <laughs> sweatshirt outfit. <laughs> if I'm just completed the U.S. tour for the book. I'm coming to Toronto next month, as you know. Yep. I uh, for the feedback that I've received from this book because. When you write a book, you don't always know what's going to happen or how things are going to land. And mm -hmm. it landed all as well. Everybody's feeling good, which was my intention. My intention for this book was to help people. A, uh, I have a son who's 11 months old. He's turning a year on December 19th. Wow. And uh, he's the most exceptional part of my life. Yeah. I'm having a really good life. I'm feeling really good. I've been through hell and back to get to the really, really bright place here that I'm in yeah. today. Mm -hmm. See, that's really interesting. I always wonder, like, you are really a, a, a spiritual leader for so many people, and yet spiritual leaders also go through hard times. You know, we, we always imagine that uh, things, you know, they've got it all figured out. I think sometimes people who make the commitment to be on a spiritual path, um, and particularly in a way that's going to be in the service of others to teach spiritual principles, uh, sometimes have the privilege of going through really difficult things so that they can speak authentically about the messages that they're here to share. I'll, speak, I'll say that for myself. So I've had the privilege of going through really dark moments so that I can be a very authentic, honest uh, messenger. And so I well can look said. back right now and say, thank you, all is well. Well said. Now, the book Super Attractor, uh, you lay out the essential methods for manifesting a life beyond your wildest dreams. It shows you how to co-create the life you want, um, accept that life can flow, that attracting is fun, that you don't have to work so hard to get what you want, and you feel really good. When you feel good, you attract more. Um, I want to get into some questions about the book, and especially when it comes to attracting. What is your personal mantra when it comes to attracting what we want into our lives? Uh, my mantra about attracting is that we are, it's, it's actually a Wayne Dyer quote. You don't attract what you want, you attract who you are. So 
you attract the energy you put out. You attract the belief systems that you carry. You, tra- you attract the storyline that you've created around the person that you are. So the more you fine tune the way you feel about yourself and the experience and the expression that you have about yourself in the world, the more you fine tune what it is that you can truly want to attract into your life. So uh, attracting isn't necessarily about getting things. It's about feeling good. And when you feel good, you become what I refer to as a super attractor. That's really interesting. I think a lot of people hearing that, they're kind of like, oh shit, I've got to feel good. Meanwhile, the way that their thinking was originally with manifesting or attracting is that I will tell the universe what I want. And then when I get it, I will feel good. That's exactly right. So I, I talk about this in the book where I say, you know, a lot of people think when I get that thing, I'll be happy. But the, I, the, it's really the opposite. It's when I'm feeling good, when I'm happy, when I'm in joy, I'm and more, much more, more than I could have imagined. So it's this book, my book, Super Attractor, the subtitle is Methods for Manifesting a Life Beyond Your Wildest Dreams. But it's actually not a book on how to get things. It's a book on how to feel good. Uh, you will get things. You will attract things. But mainly it's a book on how to feel good. Now, how does that work? Would you say that in becoming happier, uh, it ups your your frequency or like you're just putting out good vibes into the universe and so it comes right back at you? How do you think it all works? Yes, that's exactly right. You You attract what you put out. So when you make feeling good your highest priority and you practice the principles in this book to fine tune the way you experience things and fine tune the thoughts that you have and the beliefs that you hold, that's when you will begin to see your point of attraction, as Abraham Hicks would say, your point of attraction changes. And so when you change your frequency, what you attract towards your frequency will be adjusted. Uh, it's, so it's, it's not necessarily about being so clear about what we want. It's being so committed to feeling better. So just as an example, you know, my husband was frustrated about something this morning. Uh, he came in and said, I'm so annoyed. The videographer didn't you know, give us the right audio. And, and it, he had every right to be annoyed and frustrated, but I didn't want it to, him to take, out, take him out for the rest of the day. So we did a practice in the book called the choose again method. And the choose again method can be used for something really difficult or something as simple as him being annoyed about the video. And so we said, let's notice the thought and how it's making you feel. And the thought is I'm getting the thought is I'm getting screwed over by the video guy, right? Mm-hmm. And how does it make you feel? It makes me feel depressed. It makes me feel down. It makes me feel mad, angry. And then the second step is to forgive yourself for having the thought and forgive the thought altogether. So it's Zach saying to himself, I forgive myself for getting hooked into this thought. I forgive myself for going down that negative road so far and for letting it infiltrate my energy. And then the third step is to choose again. So it's about choosing the next best feeling thought, at which point we just started chatting with each other. And I said, okay, so what's the the solution rather than the problem? And he said, okay, well, the solution is that the video guy is now trying to edit the audio and we'll probably get to a better place. And the good news is, is we don't need this video for anything very important. So if it's a loss, it's a loss. We're going to be okay. It's fine, right? So we just start reaching for the next best feeling thought. And in this case, the next best feeling thought was so simple. The video guy is fixing the audio. That's the next best feeling thought. So that's an example of a practice that's in the book with the choose again method that I encourage the reader to practice all day, every day, all day, every day, 
because it gets you back into alignment. It gets your thoughts and your energy back into a better feeling space. So within a matter of a minute, we redirected Zach's energy. He went back to his desk. And then ultimately the rest of his day will flow better because he's not in a bad mood. Right. And it's like saying, what's the worst that could happen? You know? Yes. That's kind of like cognitive behavioral therapy. It's like, you know, we want to catastrophize. And so it's like, what's the worst case scenario? What's the best case scenario? What's the most likely case scenario? Right. Yeah. Um, So you could do that when you're choosing again. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Now, okay, so what kinds of manifestors are there out there? Because I, I can think of, uh, just from personal experience, sometimes I feel like I'm very, uh, I manifest very easily. Other times I feel like I'm forcing it. So are there different ways that we're all going about it differently and they're just not working? Like, Or, or how can we identify how we're doing it and how we could improve it? Great question. Okay. So I opened the book with the blocks to manifesting. The blocks that I identify first are the manic manifester. And there's probably a lot of listeners out there who might identify with this. And that's the person who is, I I joke around, but that this person that gets on the microphone at my event and they're like, oh my God, Gabby, I'm manifesting everything that I think I should be getting, but I'm not getting it because I don't know why, because I'm I'm meditating and I'm drinking the green juice and I'm listening to the podcast and doing all the work, but it's not coming fast enough, right? (laughs) So that's the manic manifester, the person that is over-spiritualizing the process of manifestation and not letting things happen, not surrendering, not allowing, but instead using their spiritual practice as another way of trying to control things. So that's one block, big block, okay? And it's 11.11 right now, so let's clear that block. 11.11 on 11.11. Here we go, Sista. Nice. Uh, Then the next block is the pusher, who you mentioned. You mentioned that you might be a pusher. Are we a pusher here? Yep. Okay, good. Not good. Good that you know it. So the pusher is someone who has a belief system that if I don't do it, nobody else will. And that belief system is gnarly. That belief system is a humongous block to your super attractor power because it's a storyline that says, I'm not good enough. I have to force it to happen. Nobody's going to support me. The universe isn't behind me. And it's my will. It's my will. It's my way. And that belief system of my will or my way is a major block because it's an energy that's not very attractive. It's an energy that's, that deflects positive frequency, right? It deflects the support of others. It deflects the support of the universe. So if you are in that pusher state, the book, there's a whole chapter for that pusher called There's More Than Enough to Go Around. And so that's your chapter, sister, and anyone else that's a pusher out there listening. Uh, and you're a new mama, so you got to put that pusher, baby. That pusher, that pusher part of you is going to be challenged right now to take a real back seat. Mm-hmm. Now you got a baby showing you, stop pushing me. <laughs> nah, yeah. Not that you're pushing your baby, but... but um, it's a it's it's an opportunity to surrender more than you've ever known. So, yeah, you're in good for shape. Sure. You're Thank in, you. Yeah. Um, what does it mean to do less and attract more? So, in the book, I write a lot about what I refer to as the spiritually aligned action method, and this is a method for doing less and attracting more. So we think that we have to force, 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 make, make, make things happen. But in fact, when we practice these four steps of the spiritually aligned action method, we can trust that our actions are backed with the universal energy and the force of love and the force of our commitment to feeling good. And when we back our 
desires with that energy, that's when we begin to let the universe work on our behalf. So the spiritually aligned action method goes like this. It's the first step is that you make sure that your desire is backed with love and service. Uh, Example would be you wanted to, your desire was to get me on your podcast. And I believe that that desire was not backed with an ego intention because there's no way I would be here if it was. Mm. Ego intention, meaning like I need Gabby to, you know, Instagram that we're doing this or I don't, you know what I mean? Like something that's, that's, that's ego driven for your, you know, need for you to feel good enough or something. And and this is a bad example. I don't mean to using myself as an example, but let's just, let's just put it out there. Yeah. Your desire to have me on your podcast was backed with love and service and that you wanted me, you wanted to have a conversation with someone that you had, uh, had, had been touched by the work. You wanted to bring the work out in a way that was unique to you. You wanted to, uh, share the message, right? Yeah. So that energy behind that intention was backed with faith, right? You have a lot of faith that this is, your podcast has been growing a lot in the last two years. You have faith in what you're doing. You believe in what you're doing. And that faith in the universe is a very strong through line for you, I can tell. So those, that's step one and two, that your desire is backed with love and service. The second step is that you have faith. You believe that it can happen, right? Yeah. And then the third step is to take action from a place of spiritual alignment. Now, did you pitch my publicist or did she pitch you? I pitched her. Great. Perfect example then. So when, because we're picky, we're really picky, not because I have an ego about it, but because I don't have endless hours in the day, right? So the things I wanted to do, I really want to make sure were resonant, but they'll also be resonant with her, right? So she was the receiver of your spiritually aligned action. So you took action and you, with service, love, and faith, pitched this this idea, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How long did it take her to confirm? Probably a couple of weeks. Okay, cool. And in those few weeks, were you hounding her or were you patient? I was patient. There you go. Exactly. So that's step four, that you're patient, that you're allowing. Yeah. And so that's the practice of spiritually aligned action. And that's exactly why I'm here right now. Because I, I guarantee you, had you not had faith, love, and service behind the pitch, she would have felt icky about whatever it was that you were sending. Yeah. Okay. And then had you not been patient, you would have turned her off and she would have been like, this is a no-go, Gabby. She's got bad energy. I don't want this. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No matter how big the podcast may be at this stage. Right? So this is an exact example of spiritually aligned action in true form. That's, that's, you know, and now that I think about it, it was actually when I first started this podcast, I was in touch with, with your publicist and, and, um, and I told her that I wanted to get you on. But at that point you had, I think just had the baby where you were going on maternity mat leave for a while and, uh, and you were working on your book. And then, so it was recently that she said, Hey, um, you know, Gabby's available. Are you, are you available? And I was floored. I was so pumped. And then, and then, and then the first date didn't work out because I had a doctor's appointment for Sadie. And I was like, Oh, I can't cancel my kid's doctor's appointment or no. I'm an asshole. <laughs> no, 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 no. You cannot do that. Mm-mm. But I hope that when I propose a different date, it works and it, and it worked and it happened to be this date. So it's true. It all, it all came to fruition. It all shakes out when you take it with spiritually aligned action. So that's how, to answer your original question, that's how we do less and attract more. When we take action from that place, we actually can 
do less because we don't have to push so hard. We don't have to hound people and follow up every five minutes. We can just put it out there, trust that the universe is doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. And then if we do want to follow up with somebody, take, make sure it's taken from a place of spiritually aligned action. Yeah. Yeah. See, one of those points that you mentioned with the, with the four steps is believing, (coughs) having faith. And, and I kind of feel like having that faith, that step is one of the hardest parts for people because sometimes let's say there's something I I really, really want to have. And, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't personally believe that I can achieve it. Um, Yeah. I have an answer for you. So I always say that the, there's a beautiful lesson from A Course in Miracles. The secret to prayer is to forget what you think you need. So when you start to pray for what's of the highest good for all, that's when faith sets in because you're no longer praying for an outcome that you think you need to feel complete, but instead you've given it over and you say, whatever's of the highest good for all, it's good for this, you know, this thing to happen, then it's going to happen. And if it's not of the highest good, then it's not going to happen. And I'm going to be cool either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't go. have any outcome oriented desires in my life anymore. What do you mean? Like I don't have any desires or manifestations or goals other than to contribute and serve. So I don't have, I genuinely not sitting here being like, I need that, that, you know, I need Oprah to interview me again. Or like, you know what I mean? Like, or I have to, like, even my desire to have another child is really just totally living in faith. Like I, I'm not like thinking about my ovulation or controlling anything. Like I was with my last child. I spent three years trying to conceive my son, but it was when I completely surrendered and let it be of the highest good that he came. So right now for this new child, I'm just feeling her presence all around me and having sex and, you know, taking spiritually live action, <laughs> but, um, but not like completely at ease about it. Now, it's a lot easier to say that that when you have a child already, but yeah. there's plenty of people out there that have a child and want another one and they're, they're controlling it, yeah. right? So yeah, I think that, and I also think that like people could have all kinds of successes in life and still try to control the next success. So I feel at this stage in my life that the practices in this book, I've been living so intently and, and thoroughly that I am at a place now where I don't care. I I'm literally like, if, if this is of the highest good, if this is going to serve people, it's going to shake out. Yeah. What do you think when it comes to business? You have a hugely successful business. Um, what do you think about not being like, okay. So when you, let's say you're an entrepreneur, you, you have a coaching based business or something in wellness, or, or maybe not, you're trying to, you're trying to make stuff happen professionally. Um, you know, you don't want to sit back too much and, because you don't want to, you know, not be setting those goals and working towards them. But that at the same time, you don't want to, you don't want to be pushy. You want to be pushy towards clients. You don't want to be pushy towards, you know, you don't want to be doing more work and achieving less. What is your thought on that when it comes to this sort of spirituality and trust and business? And how have you worked that into yours? So I was just pulling up the chat. It's, there's more than enough to go around. Uh, there's something you said at the beginning of the question, which is you're trying to make things happen, right? You said, oh, okay, you're trying to make things happen. That's where we have it all wrong. We can't make things happen. 
we can collaboratively co-create with the universe and take spiritually aligned action. I believe that the most success, the major successes in my career have been from freedom, not from force. They've come from trusting, taking, literally just taking that spiritually aligned action method and living it. In the instances in my life where I've tried to make things happen, they do not happen the way I tried, hmm. the way I had intended. They, they actually fall flat, which is exactly what the universe had in store so that I could learn the lesson again and again and again. Mm -hmm. So the only way to success is to take that spiritually aligned action. Now, taking spiritually aligned action does not mean that you're sitting on your ass in your meditation pillow waiting for things to come to you. You take the action. You wrote the pitch. You sent the pitch to my publicist. My publicist felt the energy, right? You know what I mean? Like yeah. that was, there was an action taken even if it was years back, that action led us to this moment today. Yeah. So you took the action, but you trusted and you had faith, you were love and service and you were patient. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, I, I think about um, this one boss I had once. I was uh, out for, at an event with these real high ups at my company. Mm -hmm. And one of the bosses said to me, you know, when you talk to the big, big boss, Make sure it's not about anything to do with your job or with business. Just have a like regular conversation. Good, 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 good. Yeah. Don't be pushy because that sort of pushiness, Turns that energy, off. you know, scares people off. Good and choice. it's true. Sometimes you just need to go and you just need to talk about the weather or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then trust that that person sees in you what you hope that the outcome could be. And that was some of the best advice I think I, I ever got when it came to, to business is not forcing it, especially with the people who make the decisions. You've nailed it because like, so I've been giving this example on my book tour. I hope this poor guy hasn't heard me talk about this, but there was some guy who sent me his, um, his some, a proposal to like check out his book. And his book was about a topic that was really close to my heart at the time. And so I was like, dude, that sounds awesome. Like, I want to hear about the book. Like, send me more information about the book. Um, and then within like 45 minutes, he was like pounding my inbox with like, here's the manuscript. I would love a forward and I would like a blurb. And then when we can meet in New York, we can do a video. And then like uh, four days later, like I'd love to set up that video that we were going to do. Like just up my fucking ass with this stupid, not with a stupid book. It could have been a fantastic book, but guess what? I never read it. I never responded. And had he just relaxed, I probably would have written the forward for that book yeah. had it been good. But yeah. I didn't even get to read it because his energy was so offensive. Right, for sure. It's, okay. like, date, it's like dating. <laughs> you That's can't it. scare him off at the beginning. So here's, here's an answer from the book. So um, it's page 78 in Super Attractor. It's called Have Fun Along the Way. Calibrate your energy to a positive frequency into my life has come from high vibrational energy. In 2015, I declared that I was going to measure my success based on how much fun I was having. In several of my books, I've written about the power of fun and the magnetic force field of joy. And I have long said that happiness is a choice I make, but I've recently made an even bigger, higher, an even higher priority. This is when I began to really feel the fluidity of joy in my life. I accepted that joy can be a feeling I tune into all the time, not just a fleeting moments. This big shift occurred when I became devoted to my well-being and committed to the power of positive thinking, stress reduction, and releasing resistance. Living these practices wholeheartedly allowed me to recalibrate my energy. I'm no longer striving for moments of joyful relief. Now I feel the flow of joy throughout my days. So 
making joy your highest priority, making feeling good your highest priority. Now, somebody listening might be like, well, I'm broke or I have depression or, you know, because I say in the book, the secret to feeling good is to decide to stop feeling bad. And that can be sound very offensive to someone who has mental illness or someone who has a, um, you know, who has a, like, debt that's unimaginable or a physical condition that they can't cure. So I can speak to that very authentically. I'm going to tell a story that I don't want to trigger you as a new mom. So just, you know, earmuffs, but, you know, hear it out. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to, you know, put this on yourself in any way, but just know I'm here for you if you ever needed anything. Okay. Um, But six months ago, I was diagnosed with postpartum depression, anxiety, and insomnia. And I was at my lowest moment, you know, suicidal. So in that lowest moment of be, having authored seven self-help books, but saying I wanted to kill myself, there was a real predicament. And I, you could say, well, like, how could you decide to stop feeling bad in that moment? I did. Like, I didn't just decide I'm going to stop feeling bad and then overnight feel better. It took me five months to start feeling better. Mm-hmm. But I decided that I wasn't going to die. I decided that I was going to be open to treatment that I never would have been open to before. I decided that I was going to be humble and let myself be guided. I decided that I was going to turn over my plan and let God take over. Okay. And that's, that's a decision to feel better. That surrender is a decision to feel good. So, you know, even in our darkest moments, we have the capacity to lean towards joy and that joy can come when we just decide I'm not going to figure this out anymore. The moment, I remember the moment that I went to the psychiatrist and she gave me a prescription for medication because that was what saved my life ultimately. I left and I went to dinner with my husband after fulfilling this prescription. Now, meanwhile, I've been brought up homeopathic, so I didn't even know how to fulfill a prescription. Okay. Like it was just like, I I'd never, this wasn't part of my reality. And so I was like, I fulfilled the prescription, I got the medication, and I went to dinner, but I wasn't supposed to take the medication until the morning. At dinner, I was so in like six months. And I was just sitting there like, my husband was like, whoa, you're back. And it was just from literally making the decision to feel better. And that decision to take medication was in this instance, my decision to feel better. And it wasn't something that it took me a long road to get to the place where I could make that commitment. And when I did, it was my decision to feel better, right? So the decision to feel better can come in a lot of different forms. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us. Cause that's really, really a huge moment in your life, certainly. And, and to be somebody who has lived a homeopathic lifestyle, it's, 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 there, I imagine there was probably a, a part of making that decision was, was maybe a bit of uh, guilt or uneasiness about turning Shame. towards medicine. You know? you know, the thing that's really alarming for me, and that's why I'm telling the world that I'm taking medication for this period of time so that I don't commute, so they don't go off the edge, um, the reason that I'm speaking so publicly about that is because there's an epidemic of overprescribing, particularly in the United States, of course, and people just turning to meds and not doing the, the personal growth, growth work that they need to do. But there's also, I'm noticing, an epidemic of people in the wellness space shaming medication. Mm. And as a result, people not getting the, the medication that they need to live and survive. A woman came up to me at my book signing yesterday and she said, I'm at the lowest point I've ever been at. I feel suicidal. And so is my son. He keeps saying he wants to kill himself. And she said, how did you get out of your postpartum? And I said, well, I I went on antidepressants because that was God worked through the medication. 
and that's what saved my life. And she said, oh, I was so, I'm, she said, I didn't want to hear you say that because I know how bad it is for the gut and I know how bad it is for your, you know, whatever her story was. And I said, listen, you know, most medication doesn't come without, you know, so, you know, some kind of side effect, but in my case, it's not harmed my gut. It hasn't harmed me. And, you know, I, I haven't had the side effects. God worked through the medication and it saved my life. And I was like, I'm never going to prescribe to you what to do, but I am going to, you know, recommend that you be open, that God can work through many different modalities. Mm-hmm. And this is a woman whose son is saying on multiple occasions that he's suicidal. Yeah. And I just looked at her and I said, take that seriously. Yeah. You know, so my message isn't everybody go get medicated. My message is if you are having a biochemical issue, pray on it and listen and let yourself be guided and don't let your ego, because you're such a wellness related person, you know, because you care so much about your microbiome, I was just get in the way that, yeah. of your fucking life, you yeah. know? Yeah. So let's be real. Don't let your microbiome ruin your Get in your the life. way of your fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody put that on a t-shirt, please. Um, okay. I know you have a crazy day. I want to ask you just one last question. This podcast is um, not just for people who are into wellness and living their best life in the most easygoing way possible, hence mindful mostly, but it's also about entrepreneurship and business. Um, what's a day in your life like? I mean, today I know you have a press day, so you have a lot of interviews, but like, What's it like in a couple months from now on a Tuesday? What do you, what do you do? Um, every day is different for me and it has been for my entire career. For 15, I've been in business for myself for 20 years and prior to even being a spiritual teacher. And every day is different. Um, be, I've just allowed myself to have the, the structure and the life that I've wanted to have. I've added more structure into my life now that I have a son. Mm-hmm. So a typical day in December will look like this. I will wake up at 7 a.m. to my alarm clock, Oliver, and yeah. I, will, I will change his poopy diaper happily. And I will give him, hand him off to my husband who takes him down to coffee. And then I will do my 20-minute transcendental meditation. And then Zach has his coffee, Oliver has his bottle, and then I come down and I feed my son. So it's my biggest pleasure and privilege in life is to feed food to my child. It really is. I think it's the mm-hmm. most, most transformational thing I've ever done. And so I'll give him some breakfast. I'll make him something from scratch for breakfast every day, every meal. And then I will hand him off to our most valued person on our team, which is our nanny. Oliver's nanny, not our nanny. And um, although at times, at times she does step in as my personal assistant, yeah. <laughs> we were on my book tour and she's like, you have these, these things all day long. And I was like, okay, well, my, when my kid's older, you are going to step in as my assistant. She's like, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> so, um, she's one of the most amazing people. And so um, I give him over and then I would probably come up to my desk at that time and write because I like to write in the morning. And I have a book I have that I'm writing right now for Audible. And so I'm going to get up and write. And then I would take some calls with my team, check in. And then around one o'clock, I might do some exercise, uh, take a sauna, mm. make dinner, maybe come back to work, maybe not. I usually only work about two to four hours a day. Amazing. That's the mm-hmm. way it should be. Oof. Yeah, you know, I look, I worked 20 years to get to that place, so I don't wanna, um, you know, pretend like I just showed up and now work three hours, but for sure. I could have still been hustling for 20 years and still think I have to hustle, you know? So I've made the, I've made the inner transformation that says do less, attract more. Yeah. 
Smart lady, smart woman. I am so stoked to have had you on the podcast today. It was this so is nice a great one. You. I'm so excited to share this. This is excellent. You're very amazing. Cool. I, I can't wait to see you in Toronto. So good. That right there celebrates our 100th episode of the Mindful Mostly podcast. You just heard Gabrielle Bernstein. I mean, that that was the biggest episode. That was the most downloaded. So it only made sense that it is our 100th. For everybody that is a Mindful Mostly listener, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Whether you've been here since the beginning or you're new to the show, so amazing to have you as part of this community. It's a beautiful thing. And I'm I'm so happy that we're here together on this monumental 100th episode. Uh, Gonna take a a week off, probably. The show will be back in the new year, um, early January, definitely, with um, a, a goals expert, goal and mindset expert answering your questions all about how we are going to dominate 2021. Okay, so that's coming up and so much more in the month of January right here on Mindful Mostly.